Welcome to the Of Mice and Men podcast. A podcast about that most magical place. The Disney parks. I'm Sam. I'm Brittany. I'm Leah. And I'm Jason. <laughs> and welcome to the show. It's nice to have you here. Huh? Yes, it welcome. is. <laughs> that sounded really, really pleasant, surprisingly. <laughs> We're doing other languages now. Hola. Bien, <laughs> I was going to say buenos dias, but I was like, that's the same one, too. Oh, goodness. All right. So, it's nice to be back. It is. It's been a long time since we've had a real in-studio show with everybody. Man. So, you. it is pleasant. It makes me very glad, and we actually have some don't we? That has arisen in the Disney world. Not yes. Disney world, the world of, not the world of Disney, that's a store. In the, in, you know what the I mean. The realm of Disney. In, in the that's Disney the community part. as a whole. Disney realm, Disney realm that works. Yep. But uh, before we get to that big news, there are some smaller news items that I thought we'd discuss briefly before we get into our main segment. Uh, there is the um smallish news of the I'm sure you all have at least seen pictures of the California letters that used to be out in front of California Adventure. Uh-huh. They have actually been repurposed and are have officially been dedicated to the California State Fair. And they were dedicated it's the 160th California State Fair and they are now the entrance for that instead. Yeah, I I wasn't a fan of turning the entrance into Hollywood Studios Part yeah. 2 anyway, but I definitely preferred the old one, which is odd because most people in the Disney community hated it, but I yeah. enjoyed it a lot. I preferred it the old way, but it's good that they didn't just end up in a junkyard somewhere like that yeah. things typically do. So I think anytime you can repurpose anything that's Disney or anything in general is awesome because... You know, people who have been around it for so long aren't losing, you know, a part of them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. No, so they're kind of, you know, it's they're iconic, and it's good yeah. that they're able to keep it around, and they're really well made too. So. All right. The one other thing that I thought we'd bring up briefly is the this is old-ish news came out in March, but the changeover of downtown Disney to Disney Springs. What? I don't know if you've heard of that. I heard heard it from my friend Haley a little bit. Okay. Uh, Basically, uh, I can summarize. They have the article up here. It's a... Disney Springs is a multi-year transformation of downtown Disney at Walt Disney World. 
and here's what they have planned. So it says, Walt Disney World Resort guests and local Florida residents have been enjoying downtown Disney for more than 30 years, but we knew we had an opportunity to reimagine and reinvent this corner of the resort. We've spent a good deal of time thinking through just what we want this area to be and how to bring it to life and make it a place unlike any other. And we have even scrapped a few preliminary plans that we didn't feel measure up to our aspirations for the place. Our fundamental goal is to create a welcoming, comfortable space where families can enjoy time together and instantaneously feel right at home. We want to give them opportunities to relax, to be entertained, to wander in and out of unique and distinctive shops or enjoy world-class dining experiences. And because we are Disney, we've anchored the entire experience around a story that gives us the ability to deliver on the legendary placemaking and creativity which we are known for. The result is Disney Springs, a timeless and vibrant place that celebrates the turn of the century lakeside towns that dotted the Florida landscape. So that's basically what it is. So it'll kind of fit in with the theme of Saratoga Springs is what it sounds like. So I th- and based on the pictures, it looks like they're going to give a little more uh, continuity all the way through instead of having three distinct areas like West Side, Pleasure Island, the Marketplace. It's going to be more of one common area. Okay, well then I guess that's not bad. I just thought they were going to like redo, I don't know. I guess that makes sense. That sounds like it would be better. I think it's brilliant because like that's a great area they have and it's on the water and I feel like they should take advantage of that in like the biggest way they can. Um, A lot of the stuff could use renovation. I mean like it, it was just I think, like, obviously it's Disney, so it's well-made, but, like, I think it's fantastic that they took that initiative and made it coherent. So they already started construction on this, this Uh month, and they uh, began construction in the Pleasure Island area. Of course. So they're going to start there. Uh, The one thing that I've read on a different site other than Disney Parks blog that I, that if that's actually fact and it everything seemed to match up with what Disney said it's just a little more in depth is that they are changing it from a three bus stop place to a one a single bus stop which will help traffic congestion out front for sure yeah but there'll be a lot more people especially at night when people are going out also true they're actually expanding it as a whole from 75 stores to more than 150 shopping, dining, and entertainment venues. Well, they could bring the clubs back. That'd be fun. So I, I don't know if they are bringing clubs back. I want to see Adventures Club come back, but mm-hmm. I doubt that would happen since they already moved most of the stuff to Hong Kong. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> Hong Kong, no! We can go over there and take it back. We'll be like, this was ours. We want it back now. Okay. I mean, like, if they have that, it expands their entire, like, demographic. You know, more people are going to go out and stay on Disney property rather than going off property, you know, to Universal or what have you. Yeah, the one thing, uh, the additional thing that they're adding is they're bringing in iconic brands and restaurants so that it's going to be less... Disney-ish stuff and no-name stuff like we have now and more of the bigger name stuff similar to Disneyland's I believe so you, instead of yeah. having 
Like, what do we have now? Curl by Sammy Duvall, which is like a generic surf store. You'd get Quicksilver and Roxy like they have in mm-hmm. downtown Disney would be an example. So. I think it's brilliant. And they get the, you know, additional sponsorship and funding. And people are going to buy stuff from there. You know they are. Even people who aren't staying on Disney property would come in and do that. Yeah, that's true. I think, like, going back to, like, the whole, like, adding clothes or whatever thing. Yeah. I think, like you were saying, it'll add to it. I think it'll be able to cater to people who are into that, you know, who love Disney, yep. but who love the club life as well. So that way, you know, they might spend, the, like, most of the day at the parks, but then they're able to go to a club and meet, like, people their own age. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. even into that, and I would go because it'd be fun. You right. know? Yeah. Like, hey, let's go to this. Like, that'd be awesome. And then, like, they could theme it, and it'd be interesting, because I know they used to, um, but they took a lot out to make it more, like, family-themed. Right. But you still got a bunch of bars there. People are still walking around, like, plastered. It, you're not going to create that family atmosphere if you have that. It's just not going to happen. Well, and, and it wouldn't just be, like, a generic, like, club thing. It would, you know, like, it's still have, like, yeah. a Disney, like, there's be some sort of, like, theming type of thing. So it just, I don't know. Well, it's too that you know they everything else is so family friendly and family oriented that they need one place where it's you know not adult but where it's not necessarily focusing on families if that makes any sense yeah well, you yeah. know what i mean so like that, adult couples just like go there yeah, yeah. Just as a, so. and like um i don't mean to like compare these two but um like when I went to Universal or whatever, they have, like, a whole boardwalk there. And they have a whole bunch of different, like, clubs and, and nightlife and stuff that, you know, once it gets dark, that's what, you know, that whole boardwalk turns into is turns into, like, different clubs and, like, bars and stuff. And it's usually, anyways, most people are, you know, going back to their rooms if they have younger kids you know because they've been up all day in the parks and have been walking around they're taking their kids back to the room so they can sleep so you know in all reality you know if they open up those clubs and stuff like at night there really won't be that many younger kids walking around exactly especially if it's later if they make a you know some sort of like you have to be 18 or older at a certain time to be right in that side like Mm -hmm. a curfew or whatever so i mean overall it looks good and the expansion is supposed to be completed by 2016 so very cool i'm excited about that that'd be really fun awesome so with that i guess we will uh move into the main segment of the show which we're going to discuss the obviously exciting news of the brand new Disney movie that was announced, or I don't know if it was announced, but at least the first trailer for it came out. Uh, the movie's Saving Mr. Banks, and it's about the process of Walt Disney and his company bringing Mary Poppins from a book onto the big screen for all of y'all to watch. So yeah, that's basically the premise of the movie. And... It includes those struggles with the author, who yes. did not really appreciate what they were turning it into. I actually looked more into that, and I, I found it really ironic. In the movie, or at least in the trailer you get to see it, there's a line where Walt says, promises that he won't disappoint her. She was thoroughly disappointed with it. 
<laughs> Which I thought was ironic. There, uh, the Walt Disney Company, as I did further reading, actually wanted to make additional Mary Poppins movies based on yeah. the additional books, and she refused to let them have it because they ruined her first work, in her opinion, and she felt like she was treated poorly by them. I wonder how that will translate into film. If they're gonna just Disney-fy the ending and have it be like, oh, this is wonderful, I love this, or if they're gonna, like, stay true to history. Yeah, yeah. or if they just don't include her reaction to it. Yeah. Might be the route they would take if they go purely historical. Yeah, and because the way the trailer sets it up is, um, it's gonna be kind of this personal journey that this author goes through, um, of, you know, understanding her childhood and her father and all these, like, daddy issues she has, apparently. Um, sorry, I kind of made that, that entirely relevant um but like that's, that's kind of what it looks like so theoretically they could just keep it on that personal journey and show her at peace with all of that and the movie being made and it would have enough conclusion i think we'll just have to wait and see i guess yeah there were it, it looked it still looks really good it just depends oh, yeah, how really i i don't know if it was the best movie to take up, I suppose, uh, like, originally it was a screenplay that was written, someone had, uh, originally written it, and it was up for bids, it was one of the most popular unpurchased screenplays yet, so any company could have gotten it, yeah. and I suppose it was in Disney's best, best interest to grab it, because Definitely is. it was very, it would have been very easy for any other company to portray it historically correct, but put Disney in a negative light because of it. Also true, yes. Like, you don't want, like, Miramax, I guess, doesn't Disney own Miramax? Hmm. I'm not um, sure. Well, you don't want 20th Century Fox waltzing down no. your street in Disneyland. Like, that's not what you want, you know? Guys, I'll be right back. Okay. So, and I'm really excited about it. Um, I think the costuming looked absolutely gorgeous. Um, and it, just the entire tone of the film is really nostalgic and just kind of... Um, On the uh, topic of costuming, I, I did really appreciate the detail in which they went, uh, with especially with Walt's suit. They had everything down to his smoke tree ranch pin that's on his tie that he always wore. I mean, it was down to the minute details that only like hardcore Disney fans would probably know. Like the general public that would just be like, "Oh, that looks good. I think I'll go see it." They wouldn't necessarily be like, "Oh, I know what that is." They wouldn't really care. And it wouldn't make a difference, but they stayed accurate to it, which was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, I mentioned before um, filming in Disneyland. I think it's fantastic that they did. I like. I. I hope. I don't think they'll be able to, or, or that they will. But it would be wonderful to see more movies based off Walt's life. I want so badly to have like a like him starting out the company. You know, like struggling yeah. as an artist. Like that's a great story, and they could do so much with it. Um, so it might be a way into that. You know, thing to make Walt well, his own character. I way. definitely think that would be good. On the topic of like using the theme parks, if there's anything that this preview has shown, they use the theme park during the day, closed up areas to film this. If they can do that, they can make Kingdom Keepers, because that's at night, and they can make it now. They Just could. saying. They have enough 
money, that's not a problem. <laughs> I'm just, think, just saying um, they gotta do it. Another thing, like, about the movie or whatever, I think it'll be a nice way for um, people who don't necessarily want to pick up a book about, you know, yeah. well, that it's an if it stays true to, you know, what actually happened. You know, if they continue to make more Walt movies, if it stays along the lines of what actually, what it actually is, I think that would be good. I'm actually, like, trying to read, um, like, a book about Walt Disney right now, and it's kind of hard to, like, get through, you know what I mean? Because there's so many, like, facts and everything, so I think if they can you know, find a way to cater to those people who don't necessarily want to sit down and read a 500-page book with all the intense details, but also being able to have it accurate. Yep, that makes sense. You know, simply, you know, reaching out. I, I think it's also, the movie's coming out on Christmas, and I think that's a brilliant time to release this. Um, you know, it's Mary Poppins. People remember it from their childhoods. Families are going to be together. It's this whimsical tale of, you know, a film that everyone's familiar with and perfect, perfect time to release it. Well done, Disney, on that big blockbuster of the year. I agree. For what it's worth, I just looked up some more information on it. The co-production partner for Disney on this movie is BBC Films. So yes, nice. the people that brought us Doctor Who are also bringing us this movie, so you know it will be quality. Yes. Go. Okay, um, I just like to commend Disney on the fact that they got 
in you know the right era of clothing and walked them around like they were actually in Disneyland like that's so well done that's awesome like for the extras that's gorgeous like oh my goodness it's fantastic um and what was the other thing I was going to say I don't know I I will come back if I remember give me a sec as long as we're discussing all of it uh, the future of Disney films to be released in the next couple of years is available to look at and some of them look pretty good like next year we have three uh, good movies that should be coming out for what it's worth including a new Muppets movie Nice. that'll be coming out next March so Muppets Most Wanted is a musical comedy mystery film. I'm so excited. I love the Muppets. That sounds pretty good. Uh, in addition to that, we have Maleficent, which I know we discussed on the show at some point before, but that's finally coming out on July 2nd next year. Good. And then a movie called Tomorrowland will come out in December next that's year. That's awesome. About so, time. a year from this December. Unfortunately, with the release of those three good movies, we will also see the unfortunate Planes. release of a sequel to Planes in theaters. Uh, what I have heard is that it is planned that Planes is a trilogy. And if I if I were a betting man, I would say I would bet dollars to donuts that. Uh, in, in the third Planes movie, they will set something up to set up a Boats trilogy or something gay yeah. like that. I guarantee you. Trains! Trains is next. You're definitely right. I, what was I thinking of Boats? Subways. Well, that's the same thing. Rollerblades! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Microwave ovens. Yep. Wait, that would be an awful. Major It's literally just going to go terribly, along with a, oh, in July of 2015, we get Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Of that's what everyone wanted. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about that because of the way they left, like, the fourth one. Like, I don't remember. I didn't see the fourth one. Jack ended up on an island with, what's his face, the fat guy that's in the pig the pig pen, his, like, first mate. Oh. Gibbs. Yeah, Gibbs. He has, like, a sack full of, like, those ships in a bottle that Blackbeard collected. Mm-hmm. And they have the pearl, so they're gonna try and release the pearl and stuff, like, out of, like, the, sh- the bottles or whatever. So I'm kind of anxious to kind of, kind of, like, see what they're gonna do with that, but I think after that, I'll probably be... Like, I think it's one of those things where it's like, let's be honest, everyone loves pirates. Everyone's gonna go see that movie. Yeah. It's a smart move out of Disney's park. On the other hand, cars, people aren't gonna see planes. I, yeah. I mean, I honestly don't think it's gonna do that well. Because cars is the lowest rated Pixar film of all time. It's like the ultimate record breaker. And now we're having this spin off, and no one's gonna care. I don't think any, I don't know. I'm just I don't know. Like, it's not like they have some super cool plot points going on here. I know, right? Like, 
Monsters University with like my mom and dad and stuff. Um, we kind of saw that, and my mom was kind of like, "Is this another Cars movie?" And then we looked, and it was planes. She's like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I mean, and I understand that they're probably looking to target like you know the young boys of the Disney. Yeah, but, but okay, we have The Incredibles, brilliant movie. We have monsters. All of these like Pixar films. That, uh, exactly, like they and Wreck It Ralph. We have films that appeal to everyone, and uh, I don't know if they're trying to just bring in more of that demographic or what they're trying to do with this. But I'm like, mm, not the way I would have done it. But I mean, admittedly, I'm not a rapid Disney, so they probably know better than I do. They have the numbers in front of them, but. Nobody can nobody can say that planes was a good idea ever. It is not allowed. But anyway, uh, I just noticed this. The only thing better than the well, planes kind of soils 2014 for me, regardless of the three good movies. But 2015 has all good movies for what it's worth. We will see a uh, I believe this is a live action version of Cinderella, which should be good. Uh, a new Pixar film called Inside Out, which uh, the only plot point they give about it is it's about the inside of a girl's mind, so it could be interesting. I don't know. Depends what Pixar that, does with that. That seems vaguely... When you said that, I, I've just been watching a lot of anime, but that seems vaguely like they could spin that off. That'd be fun. Right. They probably won't. I want them to partner with Miyazaki. That would be gorgeous. Oh, we also will be getting Pirates of the Fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, like I mentioned. Next one I mentioned we will discuss, but after I get through the last two movies, okay. Finding Dory also comes out that year, oh, yes. along Finally. with along with the return of Star Wars with Star Wars Episode Seven. Seven. I have I have opinions about that. Okay. Okay. People are freaking out, and I understand. I understand completely. It is not a great thing. But calm down. Alright, guys. J.J. Abrams is directing. He did Star Trek. He did a great job with Star Trek. He, you know, is bringing the sci-fi back um, to the modern audience, which is, I think is beautiful. Um, and also, story-wise, there is continued canon for Star Wars. There are so many books that go past, you know, the last episode that we've seen in films. And as long as they stick to that, I think we'll be fine. If they decide to deviate from the novel canon, I will not be happy. But, like, the books are pretty good. I mean, they're, they're nothing like the classic, but they're, they're good. They'll be good movies, and I'm looking forward to seeing Mara Jade because she's the best thing ever. So, hopefully they do that. I think... Um, These are my opinions. Another part of the plus was that um, George Lucas had written both a prequel trilogy and a sequel trilogy to the original... And they did release the prequel, but he never did the the sequel because people complained so much about the prequel in comparison. So they will be the doing it. There. The material is there, and they are doing it based off of George Lucas's previously written material. They're just going to be expanding on it because he only had ideas down, is what it seems like. So I think they use some of those in the novelizations. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they followed like the. I, I could be wrong here. Let me know if I'm wrong. Because you guys probably know better than I do if you are Star Wars fanatics. But, you know, I think that they... they it, it, it could be fine. I think people should just calm down and wait for a more, like, a plot synopsis to be freaking out. 
I mean, the only thing, like, if, and if you're going to freak out about characters, it will be essentially all new characters. Uh, George Lucas even confirmed that in the sequel, the only two surviving characters that will make it through all nine films are R2-D2 and C-3PO. So they are literally the only ones that will make it the entire nine films, according to Lucas's plan. Which makes sense. So. I mean, just a human, so. There you go. So yeah, that's on that. And then of course, Finding Dory, which had the excellent announcement by Ellen, which I feel like we should listen to that, which I'm going to look up. (laughs) One of your thoughts uh, of the day. So. Yes, I thought so. so that was I'm a very morbid a thought of the day. <laughs> I as much as I would like <laughs> that to happen, I think that's a little too gruesome. <laughs> Finding like Nemo. They have to explain to their children what cannibalism is, and I mean, it's a great device. You can use a Pixar Disney film. And it's family-friendly atmosphere to introduce cannibalism to your kids. I know, but, you know, I should have children. I, I don't know. I, no, I see Brittany's problem here. It's it's Finding Nemo, rated G. Finding Dory, PG-13 or R. For an animated <laughs> film. <laughs> because it's like, kids are going to start seeing this, and then they'll just, they'll start nibbling on... You know, their fellow classmates. Like, the story family. I can eat my family, too. Yeah, and then they're going to have to be scolding these students because these kids are eating each other on their fellow friends. <laughs> so, well, anyway, like I said, we're going to listen to Ellen announce this because she's hilarious and deserves to announce it for us. So here it is. Today is our first show back. Uh, we, we were in Australia, so this is our first day back since we've been in Australia. It's exciting. I was in Australia for a week. I was in uh, Sydney for two days, Melbourne for two days, and then four days on a plane. It's very far away. It was an amazing trip, and I just want to say to all the people of Australia, uh, Australia? <laughs> There's a bit of jet lag. Uh, seriously, everyone in Australia, uh, uh, if you find my cell phone charger in my hotel room, send it to me. I left it there. Um, I learned a few things while I was there. I learned that you can't just walk up to people and ask to look at their pouches. That's one thing I learned. And when I was in Sydney, I learned that there's no street called 42 Wallaby Way like in Finding Nemo. I went looking for it. What's next? Sea turtles don't talk? What am I going to... Wherever we go, people are always asking me about Finding Nemo and are they going to make a Finding Nemo 2? And I didn't realize that I guess I've mentioned it on the show uh, once or twice. And now it's time for our new segment. How come every animated movie is doing a sequel except Finding Nemo? Can you believe it's been 11 years since the Toy Story movie? 11 years. What's more incredible, it's been seven years since the last Finding Nemo movie. This is some kind of practical 
practical joke. It's not funny. They made a movie on this, uh, and then it was so successful, then they made a sequel, um, which is what happens when uh, movies are very, very successful, except in the case of Finding Nemo. Boy, but that's frustrating. Yeah. I thought I'll watch the Super Bowl, and it's fun, but it's just something I'll do once, and I'll never do again. Uh, like, what's the word for it? Oh, yeah, Finding Nemo. And... Um, Every single day, I say, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. I'm going to put a picture on my vision board. I hope it works better than my Finding Nemo sequel um, board. I understand that making Finding Nemo 2 would be hard because it's not easy to make a good sequel and it's almost impossible to get the entire cast together with the same writers and directors and producers. Anyway, that brings us to Shrek 4. Finding Nemo, 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 Finding Nemo. But I am a positive, patient person, and I know that when you have a successful movie, usually they make a sequel. So I waited and I waited, and finally I got the call from the director, Andrew Stanton, who I love very much, very talented man. And uh, he said, uh, yes, indeed, we are going to make Toy Story 3. And I said, hooray for Tom Hanks, finally something good for him. And um, so then I waited some more, and knowing that one day Andrew Stanton, who I love very much, would call me again. And not too long ago, he called and he said, Ellen, the rumors are true. We're going to go ahead and make Cars 2. I wasn't mad. I was furious. And... But I really believe that one day it would happen, and today I am proud to officially announce that Pixar is making a sequel to Finding Nemo. So yeah, that was that. I think my favorite part is the part where she's like, yes, the rumors are true, we're making Cars 2. I didn't see it either. I just heard terrible things. I can tell you my story about seeing Cars 2. It was not a good time. I will not tell you on this podcast. I Um, generally... There is a story for another time. I generally just trust Aaron Wallace's reviews, because he also does DVD reviews, and since we don't mention him enough on this show, to the point that he... I haven't talked to you yet, Aaron. Yeah, especially to the point where he should just pay for advertising on our show, but he doesn't. (laughs) Uh, we will accept payment. We are not above that. Uh, j- just for that, like, anyway, you know where to go for his stuff. We mentioned it enough. But he did a delightful review of the top um, Pixar movies. Yeah. So his review, uh, I, I thought that would be a cool quick segment if you guys wanted to do the top 14 in order of what you like. Yeah. Uh, so you can start making your list as I read off his. Yeah, if you want. Okay. Awesome. I yeah. like this. Uh, does everyone know what... Yeah, only Disney Pixar movies. Does everyone know what they all are? Just Google it, guys. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Okay. While we do that... I have a ton of time left, but I can stay here for this. Okay. I will uh, start off by doing Aaron's uh, reviews, because we'll just feature those since he didn't actually use them in an episode of his show. So his list started with uh, number 14 being Cars, for obvious reasons. Um, Number 13 was Cars 2, which he actually rated better than Cars. 
Uh, he said it wasn't in any meaningful way, but the out of nowhere spy concept at least made it different. So, I suppose. Okay. Uh, number 12, he rated as Brave. Uh, number 11 was Monsters University. Number 10 was Finding Nemo. Number 9, the movie that pretty much everyone forgets is Pixar, A Bug's Life. Yep. <laughs> Number 8, Monsters, Inc. Number 7, Toy Story. Number 6, Toy Story 2. Number 5, Ratatouille. Uh, number 4, The Incredibles. Number 3, Up. Number two, Toy Story 3, and number one is Wally on his list. So, someone else is going to go first because I still got to make my list. But, but yeah, that's that's his list. I feel like it's pretty fair. I mean, there's some stuff I would change, obviously, as you'll hear once I make mine. And I'm sure everyone else has their own personal favorites. But when we give reasons for each rating, just try to make them as brief as possible so Sam can go to bed or whatever she's doing. I do have to go to sleep, actually. I have to wake up early for work, so... I think I almost have it all. You guys can keep, obviously, going once I'm gone, but... I think I've got it. Oh, I spelled that wrong. Okay. Yeah. And while you're typing that up, be sure you've already thought of your thought of the day. Oh, I don't have... That's the most important segment. It is the most important... Okay, um... It's because it's the only segment in this show besides the main one, so. Um, but, let's see. But you can do your list if you're ready, and then while everyone else is doing their list, you can. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Alright, well, my list is, in last place, I have Cars 2, because I despise Cars 2 in every way. Um, I hate Mater as a character. I'm sorry. I don't think he's funny at all. I just... I no, not my not my cup of tea. And then I have cars next because I almost dislike cars as much as cars too. Um, however, I do like the kind of like homey feel that it has, which is kind of cool. Um, then I have Toy Story two, which I've just seen too many times and have grown to dislike. Um, Bugs Life because I never really saw it much, but um, you know I, I'm just not that familiar with it. I only saw it like twice, I think. Um, and then we have Brave, which is a beautiful movie. Um, target audience. It's kind of, you know, it, it, it's girls. It's pretty much just girls. And it's a princess movie, and um, demographic-wise, it's not encompassing. Um, I have Monsters, Inc. Good movie. In general. Um, what number are we on? It's kind of in the middle. I don't really have that much to say about it. Um, and then I have Ratatouille. I love Ratatouille. Um, I think the plot leaves a bit to be desired, but the atmosphere of the film makes up for it. We have Toy Story, the classic. It's everyone's, you know... It's what everyone looks to when they think of Pixar. Um, everyone grew up on it, so. They have Finding Nemo. Um, and then Toy Story 3, because they did such a good job with it. Um, just a transition with their audience was impeccable, so. Way to go. Um, then I have Incredibles. I love the plotting of Incredibles. I love the concept and just the world they created. And I think they could do so much more with that, and I think they should. So, that's my vote. And then I have Up, because gorgeous. Just gorgeous movie. Um, and lastly, Wally, because that concept is wonderful. I love Wally so much. So that's my list. And it's the top 14, right? Yeah. I didn't do Monsters U because I haven't seen it. Fair enough. Okay. 
need one more. What are you missing? I don't know. Which ones do you have? Um, Wally, Brave, Up, Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., Incredibles, Toy Story 2, Ratatouille, MU, Wreck It Ralph, Toy Story, Cars, and Cars 2. Wreck It Ralph isn't one. It's not? No. That's Tell me. Okay. You didn't have Bugs Life either. Oh, that's the one. Okay. I have my thought of the day. Um, if anyone wants me to do it now. And then I'll head out sure, and you guys can we'll, finish up the we'll show. break it up. Wait till I get your stuff ready. You have theme music, and we're going to I use I it. <laughs> I don't have it saved as a favorite. Why? How dare you? I am That's the worst thing I'm ever. actually insulted right now. Jason. Where? I don't have it together, guys. Jason. Wait. Shame on you. Get yourself together. This is not professional. Aaron Walls will think we're stupid. <laughs> Fun Very fact, I went and listened back to, um, oh. or, or watched one of my old, old shows back when it was a Disney Geeks yeah. or Freaks Daring, Daring Journey or whatever, episode three. Yeah. He was the first person, one of the first people to review this show, so I think he's followed it a long time. I feel kind of like, okay, this is how I feel. You know, like, if, I, okay. How do I say this? I'm getting all, like, flustered because I feel like it's, like, the thing where there's, like, this person who had this long-term crush on you, right? And then they reveal to you and you're like, oh, the whole time? Like, because, like, you felt the same way. And it's just, like, it's like, this can't be real. That's what it feels like. That was beautiful. That's how I feel right now. It's like, like, um, it's like the beginning of a summer fling or something, but I know it might last longer and become something real. I'm not really sure if he knows whether to be flattered or concerned. <laughs> I just thought that. He might be really creeped out by that. Um, I assure you, I am very normal, and that was just an elaborate metaphor. Um, okay. Like elaborate so metaphor. of the episode is now elaborate analogies or whatever you said it was yeah. well, elaborate what was it elaborate metaphors one sec I need to type that now it's not letting <laughs> me click I'll type it somewhere else anyway alright I, I actually did find it though the uh, theme music so let me cue that up there we go at least I remembered the name now here it is it's loading Down on the dance floor, like 
That was beautiful. I'm pretty sure that was the best thought of the day that we've had yet on the show. (laughs) Just in overall flow. Because I think that was the first one where none of us interrupted you during your thought of the day. It was just you for your whole segment of just Sam's thought of the day. I love it. I love that I have a second. I'm so honored. Seriously. Can we, can we, okay, after like I do a lot of them, can we have like an episode that's just the best of Sam's thought of the day? Top segments of the day. You yeah, can. I don't know what it's going to be worth, but. Guys, I'm going to be a librarian. I think that they will be okay with this. <laughs> she had her own segment on a podcast. <laughs> if we, if we really cool music. They'll be like, okay, I'm very professional about it, and it's always very hilarious. I am proud to be funny on this show. So, okay, I do have to go to sleep though because I have to get up in seven hours so I can go to work. So sleep tight, love. Sounds good. Bye, Sam. And I'm signing off. Goodbye. Bye, Sam. Bye, guys. See ya. So, continuing on, uh, who wants to do their list next? I'm, like, two away from being done. I can go. Sweet. That would be splendiferous. Okay. Okay, well, I am ashamed to say I have not seen Wally or Brave. (gasps) I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. So you have a top 11 list then. Yeah. Fair this enough. summer, Leah, you and I will get together and we will watch Brave, because I have Brave. Okay. And Wally, I feel like I really need to see, but I have not seen it yet. I don't have it, but I'm sure we can get it from the library. We'll just have a massive movie watching. Yes. That does sound okay. delightful, but I wasn't invited, so it doesn't really matter. Well, Jason, you're always here and out. like the umbrella one. I liked the... Yeah. I mean, I understand 
understand what how you probably wouldn't like it. Like, I understand where, you know, that would be coming from. I mean, first of all, it might be, it's kind of, I'm sorry to go off, but it's a little confusing, you know, to kind of figure out, I guess, like, I don't know, story-wise, because it's like all of a sudden this blue umbrella falls in love with this red umbrella. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I guess I get that, but, like, that aside, I thought it was a really cute thought, and I just thought the combination of the music, how it sounded pretty much like rain, and the combination the combination of that and the, um, like, the animation, how it was so lifelike, like, yeah. those are the things that really stuck out to me as I was watching it. Yeah, I think for me, like, I feel like it was just kind of slow moving, especially at the beginning. I was like, is this the kind of short before this movie? I don't know. I, just, I, don't know. I, I thought it was kind of cheesy in some parts, like the like, um, random, like the gutters and stuff, like smiling. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I just thought that was kind of sad. But yeah, I thought it was cute, but it was like, I don't know. I was expecting something more. But yeah, but Masters University, okay, Little Mike was just precious. Oh my so, gosh, I know. Yeah, so that's that. Um, next, they have Toy Story, you know, the classic. You know, it's in like every other movie. So, um, and then up, um, just because it's up and it's adorable and a cute little old couple, and you just you know fall in love with it. And then third, I have Ratatouille. Um, I I was honestly skeptical of that one. For like when I saw like previews and stuff for it, but I thought it was adorable. Of which one? I'm sorry. Ratatouille. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was cute. And um, in second place, I have Toy Story 3. Just because it was, I mean, it came out at like a perfect time for us because we were graduating that year. So I don't know. It was just, you know, perfect timing and just an adorable ending to that storyline, I thought. And number one for me is Monsters, Inc. I don't know, it just holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> I cry every time I watch that movie, and it's really pathetic, but I just love it. So, and I might, may or may not have uh, Mike and Sully stuffed animal, so... <laughs> That's wonderful. One of which was the poop balloon that I bought while we were in Disney Springs. I was gonna say, did, what, didn't you buy one of those at... Uh, Disney, I was pretty sure you bought a pukaloo of that, because it was Atlas, the Hatter, my Stitch, and then I was pretty sure there was a Sully in there. Yep. Oh. Cool. So, uh, my list has the obvious Cars and Cars 2 at the bottom in the 13 and 14 spots. Uh, thank goodness we don't actually have Pixar to thank for planes. I don't know if you knew that. That's being released by Disney Toon Studios, so that's oh. not Pixar related at all. Pixar is not soiling their reputation with three additional movies on that. Because <laughs> that would be a, a terrible idea for them. But yes. those are at the bottom. Uh, I put Toy Story 3 at number 12 because that, I don't know, I didn't really care for it as much as the other ones. Jason, I'm in your boat. I'm, it, I'll it explain. It was just, uh, I don't know. Well, first of all, first of all, Lotso is just a little bit too mean. He's like the devil, except he's a teddy bear. 
And that, I, I don't know, that just rubbed me the wrong way, I think. Although I did appreciate him getting tied to the front of a truck at the end. That was, that was pleasant enough. Uh, at number 11, I have The Incredibles. Again, it's kind of, a lot of people like it, but I don't know, it's just, the plot and everything wasn't really, yeah, I didn't, wasn't really feeling that movie in particular. Okay. And, and from like there on up, they're all fairly close to being equal from 10 up. So, I mean, it's just little nuances, I guess, between those. But at number 10, I have Toy Story 2, which I, I normally, it, it's a, the only sequel I think that's really on par with its original besides now Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. But, (laughs) but that's actually hard to do. So it was like the first, it was the first sequel that I ever thought was as good as the original of any movie. So that's why it's there. At number nine, I have A Bug's Life because it's really underrated. It's okay, but I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it every year. It's like a once every other year kind of movie. Uh, at number eight, I have Ratatouille. Uh, that's one of those that that surprised me as well. Based on the preview, I did not see it. I didn't choose to watch it. I happened to come across it as it was on Disney Channel. I was like, yeah, I guess I'll watch it. It's free. Mm-hmm. And then my only complaint was that there were commercials in the middle of it. But that's because I chose to watch it on TV. So that's my own fault. Um, number seven, I have the original Toy Story because it's original and it's good. Uh, number six I have is Brave, um, for obvious reasons because Merida's hair is a gift from the animation gods, <laughs> because that just opens the doors to so many other people's hair. I guess actually that doesn't really seem as significant now, but it's too late to change the list. But anyway, it, it's apparently that was a significant feat in animation, so I guess it's somewhat important in that regard. Uh, Finding Nemo is at number five. I would rate it higher because I like it better than some of the other movies, but it does not deserve to be above any of the other movies that I have on the list because it is highly overrated for what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a decent plot, but it's not like the best plot out of a Disney movie. So, I mean, it is where it is. Number five is pretty good, actually. So, uh, number four, I put Monsters University. And that's only because number three is Monsters, Inc., and I could not rate it above Monsters, Inc., because Monsters, Inc. is clearly the better movie, even though Monsters University is good. And I think my favorite part in there was how they 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 made sure that they covered everything. They even showed how Randall and Sully have uh, yeah. a rivalry. Yeah, I love which, that part when he's like, never again will he, whatever. Yeah, never again will he get Will he be better than me or was? Yeah. Yeah, I have always been... I was waiting for that because I knew they would have to set that up somehow. Although the one thing that it did leave unclear is how exactly he has the same rivalry with Mike. Because they were still good friends. Sort of. To some extent. Yeah, well, there were different, like, fraternities or whatever. So they, like, feel like was not loyal to him, I guess. Well, I think it was because, you know, Mike is more of the logical, you know, uh, what is it, academic type. So he's more of the book person, whereas Sully is more of the, uh, you know, natural talent. 
So I think that all, that's where you kind of get the rub, like, between the two of them, because, you know, you need a mix of both in order to be, you know, a good scare or whatever, and I think for them, they were each trying to do it their separate ways and didn't want to try to work with each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think each one saw the other one as arrogant or as they were doing it wrong. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, that it still it was just where it didn't clarify how Mike and Randall have a rivalry at all. I think that was oh that or was is it simply of... because he teamed up with Sully, which could be yeah. as well. I think also because Randall wanted to get in with like the cool kids or whatever, and Mike was more focused on his work. So like when Mike really just wanted to be a scarer, and Randall's pretty much just wanted to you know be cool or whatever that split where it was like the um what was it the scare games or whatever yeah i can see that yeah i think that was the point when randall decided instead of going with mike and his fraternity he went with the other one or the roar whatever people yeah i think yeah, I guess it could have been clearer. That one wasn't as clear as, in like, just put out there as well as the Randall and Sully one. Yeah. That yeah. one you could not have missed if you tried. That was there. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could have missed it if you went to the bathroom during that time. But other than that, <laughs> there's no way you missed that. Yeah, it was pretty blatant. So, anyway, after that sidetrack bit on Monsters University and Monsters, Inc., number two is up. Just because it has a beautiful start. That that opening segment with no words, with just, uh, oh, dang, why can I never remember his name? The old dude and his wife. Anyway, oh, Carl. How can I forget Carl? That's such a great name. I don't know. So, um, anyway. <laughs> so, Carl and his wifey hanging out and doing all that fun stuff and that was definitely a better love story than Twilight and uh, finally I, <laughs> I guarantee you no right. one expected that meme to show up in our podcast but it just did I do appreciate memes anyway uh, and finally number one the only one that's left Wally I think it's because they tried something so out of the box that it worked and it's such a unique movie, and I really doubt that anyone's going to do anything at all like it. Yep. And I really like the space theme. As everyone on this show pretty much knows, I'm a big fan of Future World at Epcot and Tomorrowland. So yep. the future kind of thing works with what I like a lot. So that's why it's number one. Cool, huh? Brittany's turn! Woo! Okay. So, I haven't seen Cars 2, but I will never see it, so that is at the very end, and I think it's self-explanatory as to why I picked that. Um, and Cars is obviously the second from the last. Um, I'm gonna go with Jason, and for number 12, put Toy Story 3. Honestly, it kind of scared me. I know I'm older, but the giant baby... That scared me, and Lotso was just mean. Like, overall, like, I get, like, how I thought, like, 
Leo was saying how it was awesome that it came out at a perfect time for people who grew up with Toy Story. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, that aside, it just, like, I don't know. I wasn't overly excited about it, I guess. Like, it just kind of, it didn't leave me feeling like, I don't know. I feel like I didn't get the proper feelings that I should have gotten. Yeah, the one thing I think Pixar does deserve credit for in that is they did a good job of not making it too scary by kind of making the creepy baby a good guy at the end. Yeah. As opposed to not letting that go on too long, because otherwise, if like if you switch the baby in lots of those places, that would be a much creepier movie. Yeah, I have nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So yeah, so those are my thoughts. Um. And then in number 11, I know people are going to hate me, but I put Toy Story. And I guess I know that we grew up with it and stuff like that. But, I mean, looking back on it, it's... I watched it all the time, but, I mean, now, as of right now, like, who I am now, I would not say it's, like, one of my favorites. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then... Number 10, I have Bugs Life just because I didn't watch it all that much. Um, Number 9, I have Monsters University. Um, I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. Um, I just had other ones I liked more than it, I guess. Um, Number 8, I had Ratatouille because I loved the, um, the music and the whole setting of it. Um, then number seven, I have Toy Story 2 because I really loved Toy Story 2 and what they did with it. Um, yeah. And then number six, I have Incredibles because I liked the music. I'm sorry, a lot of these are the music, but, um... A lot of them have good music, so... What? A lot of them have good music, so rightfully so. Yeah, so, I mean, and I guess... The music is what really made it for me with The Incredibles, I guess. That one does Uh, have a fantastic soundtrack in particular. Yeah, and the the sound effects and stuff that they used, too, because I watched, like, a behind-the-scenes thing of, like, how they got the different sounds, and it's just kind of cool. And then number five is Monsters, Inc., because it's just a lovely movie. Um, Number four, I have Finding Nemo, because I used to have the entire script memorized when I was little like I could just say every single word of it um when I was er no duh okay sorry number three is up um because it's just so gosh darn adorable number two I did brave because I love the music and the animation of not only Merida's hair but of the landscape I thought that was just I did forget the landscape and the landscape is amazing I was gonna say it's just breathtaking like you feel like you're there um and then of course number one is Wally because I love how it's like there aren't very many words said like you get all the emotion that you need to from the music and just seeing the movie, you know what I mean? You don't have to have all the dialogue there. And Wally definitely, I think, out of all the Pixar movies, has the best soundtrack for it. Yeah. Which is well done. So, yeah. That was a lot. We, we covered a ton of Disney movie stuff. I did, the one thing I was going to play before, when we were talking about 
the the new uh, Saving Mr. Banks movie. My favorite part of the trailer, which is at the very end, the joke that Walt Disney has about winning a bet, which I thought I'd play for our listeners in case they haven't seen the trailer yet so they can hear this part because I know we talked about it. It's Boys kinda... have come up with an idea. I think it's going to make you happy. You didn't bring me all the way here to tell me that. Oh, no. I had a wager. I couldn't get you on a ride. I just won 20 bucks. Because yeah! <laughs> to me, that just is such classic Walt because I know... I have this book, uh, it's basically a collection of stories as told by people that worked with Walt of the stuff he does, and that's that's so totally him, just that kind of, he's serious when he needs to be, but he's also like fun and joking around and making a fun place to work all the time. Anyway, and I think, I mean, that gives me a lot of hope for that movie in general, just that they're going to portray him very well in that way. Right, which yeah, is good. True. We'll conclude with our full information, which includes our website, omampodcast.tumblr.com, our Twitter. Does anyone besides me know our Twitter? Nope. Oh, nope. oh by the way, listeners, it, it has changed. And for you guys, too, because you didn't know it changed, it's now at omampodcast. O-M-A-M podcast, which is a lot easier to remember than mice, the letter N, men, podcast, because that was confusing. So it's O-M-A-M podcast on Twitter. Uh, What else do we have? You guys Uh, know. Do we have the Discot thing? Discot died. Oh, James. Major social media. Think major social media, guys. Facebook. Facebook, yes, we have Facebook. <laughs> what else do we have? Instagram? I don't think we have Instagram. <laughs> Why don't we? We wish. Um, we did Twitter. Um, we should, we, we, Tumblr. Tumblr, that's our website. Oh, yeah, we, but we also have the picture blog at of mice and men podcast at tumblr.com. Alright. I was gonna upload new videos too. video site. Come on, guys. I know you know this one. No. I got nothing. <laughs> Seriously? I got nothing. Alright, well, you can, you can check out our channel on Last Chance Anything? No. <laughs> on YouTube. Oh! Is it the Of Mice and Men channel? Yeah. YouTube.com slash of mice and men podcast, I believe. I'm not oh, 100% sure. I'll double check. Well, that was painful. I really thought you guys were going to get that one. But it is, in fact, YouTube.com slash user slash of mice and men podcast. And you can find our delightful channel, which has our beautiful artwork from episode one, or from ser- series one, I should say, in a lovely teal, if I do say so myself. Oh, it is very lovely. It is a beautiful teal. And, yeah, I I think that's all of our stuff. Wow. And we did release our Series 3 artwork, like, a month ago. So the next preview is our beautiful 30 seconds of Series 3 intro music. So here's your preview. I think Brian's really screen that's coming up is the best part. 
I'm just waiting for it. I think that one's particularly well placed, and I must say, I'm really excited for the new music because I am very, very tired of the current one. I made a bad choice in choosing a remixed version of Part of Your World. That was a very, very poor choice. Yeah. Because, I mean, we used, uh, what is the Good Life by One Republic, because that was the Disney theme song. We used that for, like... 30 episodes. I never got tired of it. This song I'm thoroughly tired of. So anyway. So that'll be the new stuff. That's We already did our contact info, so we just have to sign off. This has been the If Mice and Men podcast, hosted by Brittany, Leah, and Jason. And Sam was here too, but she left. You heard that. So. Yeah, this time she and Brittany didn't get hit by a bus like they did in episode 38. What? <laughs> you guys weren't there oh, in episode yeah. 38, so we said you got hit by a bus. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that now. And then we also discussed Leah's foul language on this program. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. I do not have foul language. <laughs> and then we discussed the possibility of just shenanigans putting shenanigans over, like, every other word that Leah says, so it just sounds really dirty. Not acceptable. <laughs> but we never have, so I get I'm too lazy when it comes to editing, so that's it. But anyway, yeah. Bye, people! Bye, everyone. Bye!